0: Welcome to Talking In Stations, I'm Matt Today we're gonna to talk about a few things. One is this breakthrough technology that CCP has put forward called Eve Anywhere. You can play Eve Online on your browser. That's an amazingly important development for a few reasons. One is new players can get right into the game uh, without a lot of friction of downloading a client or making sure their computer can actually handle Eve Online. Uh, also, it, it plays possibly on tablets, which means uh, Evo Online Mobile is within reach. So we'll see how that uh, works out with Ashtarathi, who's gonna be doing a demonstration for us in just a second. We'll also talk about Mindstorm Experience and talk about Galactic News Roundup, uh, both topics that Ashtarothy will take us through. Um, before we get to that, we have Rundle with us. How's it going, Rundle? All good. Hello,
1: tonight, and hello, everyone. All
0: right, welcome back. And Caleb's here.
1: Hey, yeah, I was front-running this whole segment earlier, and it was amazing.
0: Right, except one reason, one problem is that you're from Europe, and this is only available to U.S. players right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> not at all anywhere. It's it's uh, EVE in the U.S. There you go.
0: Yeah, right. All right, and taking us through all this and more is our friend Ash Jirathi. Take it away.
2: Greetings fellow Empyreans, I am Ashtrothi, and yeah, we do have a lot to go over today. Uh, There was also, there's a small patch that had one profound impact. Uh, As you mentioned, we now have a little bit more detail about the Mindstorm uh, experience uh, expert systems and uh, some in-game world news. But first, uh, this scene that you're seeing behind me right now is running in my browser, which is pretty, pretty crazy. Um... It is not only a pretty profound, like, it's really cool as far as, like, what it could be useful for as far as, like, getting people to be able to access the game is concerned. But to me, I am uh, interested in what technical challenges they manage to solve by allowing a browser window to couple into the EVE universe in the same way that the normal, like, EVE client does. Um, if you think about the fact that the log out log in method of, or the, the fact that you had to log out, sorry, you had to close the window to log out was such a thing for so long is because there's a lot about connection to the Eve client, uh, that is baked into, or sorry, connection to the Eve server that's baked into the Eve client. So the idea that they've managed to decouple this in something like a browser leads me to wonder what, what is running this? What engine is it running in? What kind of freedom does that open up CCP? to do in the future. So this is an incredibly exciting uh, thing for me.
0: All right, first I'd like to welcome a lot of the people that are watching Ron USMC play on this thing all day long. Uh, I watched him too, it was pretty amazing. And uh, he played the hell out of it and you could see just how how good this client works. It's really, it's really amazing.
2: Yeah, I mean, like if I didn't didn't say anything, you wouldn't actually know that this is necessarily running in the in-game browser, or sorry, uh, in it's actually the opposite of the in-game browser. It's the browser, <laughs> or it's the in-browser game. Ha-ha! Um, no, it's, it, it plays really well, and uh, I'll actually show off one last little thing. I'm pu- pulling up the chat really quick uh, in a different browser window. But if I, one of the cool things about this browser, this being a browser window, is that, like, it's full screen right now. Um, but if I hit F11, because it's a browser window, poof you can see my browser windows. And so I can pull up the details about the browser and be like, hey, look. So this is the... It's now entered into beta, so it's obviously not done yet. Um, but basically, the, this, is, this is a new way to play... Uh, here, let me see if I can do it this... Hold on. There How you go. I, yeah! yeah! Sweet. Anyway, uh, new systems abound. No, um, so... This will be a new way to play, uh, to access EVE, and will hopefully give them new tools to develop maybe new ways. I may not use this necessarily, like, I may log in from a computer that may not have enough oomph to run, like, a fleet battle or something like that, but this will let me check my PI in a library, perhaps, or maybe off, you know, there's some restrictions off of the tablet, but now that this is a logical form factor, the next question is, how do we just make tablet interfaces work with this based on, because browser windows are already designed to read tablet-like interfaces. So it's already halfway there. All it'll take is a little bit of extra time from a dev, even a 20% time project to make this into an incredibly exciting thing. By the way, I did
0: test it on my uh, iPhone just a few minutes ago, and you can get into it if you select desktop mode uh, on your web browser on Safari. It actually goes all the way in. Uh, the problem is you don't have an escape button so you can't really hit the uh, settings or anything and uh, you kind of get to a place where you can't really play the game because you don't have a mouse attached to the phone but it does play and it does look great on a phone you just need better controls that's what ash is referring to
2: right and there are other solutions to this Um, like i've actually played eve with a pen tablet like a drawing tablet so, uh, but that, I mean, that has basically, ma- that simulates a mouse anyways. So, um, but it does majorly open up the avenues. And just in case anybody's wondering, no, this doesn't necessarily make it easier to bot or anything like that, because anybody who's going to bot, like, you just write the script, you just run the script and it's good. Like, it's not about making botting easier. It's about making Eve more accessible.
1: It's actually making it more safe because it would have to do visual-recognizing uh, recognizing AIs instead. So it's the other way around. You can't run the current bots in this mode at all.
0: By the way, uh, factional Factical says, uh, possible Bluetooth, small keyboard, and trackpad. That's very interesting. I didn't think of doing that.
2: Yep. A lot of mobile devices now will absolutely connect to uh, that. But the point is, is that... Um, all it takes is that last little bit of love to read those inputs and wire them to the correct, you know, create some sort of three, you know, solution, maybe improve on the radial menu a little bit more, solve a couple of the bugs in the radial menu a little bit more. You know, there's some really good things because if there's anything that, that echoes has taught me, it's that interfacing with Eve through a touchpad just feels better than with through mouse and keyboard.
0: Yeah. I was able to, uh, Ship spin on it very easily. It's very responsive, and I was able to touch things uh, with the uh, just with a touchscreen. It was felt very natural. You're right.
1: I just really want them to also then potentially open this up to a dedicated client in consoles because I want to try to live fly on my PS4. Well,
2: yeah, that's the question: is what engine? What are they using? to replace the fact that it's not running in the raw Eve client. Um, and I don't actually have the answer to that yet. Uh, I'd be very interested to know more about, like, because, uh, like, Unity, for example, can run things in WebGL, and, you know, there's all kinds of different ways of, of playing these types of tricks, but based on what CCP has decided to do, um, may open up really big doors. Like, for instance, uh, right now, so CCP does development in the Eve client which has its own like requirements. It's mostly C plus uh, plus and a lot of stackless Python still, um, and some other things. But they also have a pretty significant uh, Unreal Engine development team for things like the new shooter and the previous two shooters and other such uh, things. Uh, Valkyrie and pretty much any of their three D projects, and e- even their app, uh, the uh, Portal app, is run through. Uh, is actually an Unreal Engine app just running you know, through the engine. So if they could convert EVE Online to run in something like that, that would open up a lot of really crazy doors potentially. Um, One of the things I found kind of disappointing about last year was that CCP said that their major goal was to advance themselves to have DirectX 12 within the client. And I was, you know, quietly kind of disheartened by the fact that we obviously are not DirectX 12, um, no, yeah, it was DirectX 12. Yeah, because we got the 64-bit client, and the next thing was DirectX 12. Um, and we didn't really get it in the in the way that uh, they were hoping to. And so I was wondering if something was wrong. But this kind of development really shows that perhaps their their ideas about what Eve in the next generation will look like shifted slightly. Um, you know, if, if you're going to be more browser, browser then, then being compatibility-focused is incredibly important. So, um It'll be interesting to see where this goes. I I, I really feel like we're gonna have like a fan fest. Obviously, we're not gonna have a fan fest, but it's the right time for a fan fest kind of announcement. And this feels like part of their over it really feels like CCP's opening up a lot. You see a lot more ads on, on YouTube, you see a lot more like compatibility stuff happening like this. Um, and uh, I I really hope that we're going to see them kind of announce what the next phase for CCP and for EVE Online is going to be. A couple,
0: a couple things to note here. Uh, I don't know exactly what you covered, um, Caleb, on the European show. You actually covered this topic and showed it off early on.
1: Um, well, basically we had Spot, Dr. Spod on, and, and yeah. he's uh, got a bit of experience in all these types of services and also got uh, some rather deep knowledge on the whole method of how bots and stuff like that is made. So we were basically just letting him explain why this is definitely not worse than what we have now and current bots will not be able to work in this environment. They would have to be completely rewritten and they would operate in a completely different way. And experience from the other services that are similar to this is that you get less botting and less abusive things because it's harder to do. And people that make these things don't really want to put in that effort
0: right there's also the the issue of um reach right because then this isn't going to be for everybody this is going to be for new players probably to reduce friction because it's expensive for ccp to pay for the connection right
1: well the whole thing with the payment and stuff we don't really know that much yet but the thing that that i personally find amazing is the timing of this the fact that this will now be available to some of the same people that have already been exposed uh, with something like Eve Echoes and the fact that it runs on, it can run on Chromebooks, it can run on anything that's just, well, potato mode, right? It's potato mode with potato mode. You can really run this on anything almost, right? Um, and that just opens up to a whole new range of players and uh, I would be amazed if we don't see a massive hike uh, over the next three months.
2: It's um the ability for players to log in, like I said, at their library or not that we're you know living in those types of days anymore, but like I really see this as catering to college students more than anything um because or any sort of person who's at a computer doesn't have time to set up the whole Eve client but would still need to access their account. You know, when you're on vacation or otherwise away from your main computer, you can still access uh, your EVE stuff, get your login rewards, do your PI, do some basic stuff, flip a contract, whatever you need to do um, without having like this is that nice uh, like in, in between to let you uh, access the game when you're not at your main EVE client
0: desk. Or, or when you're at, on holiday, you can borrow your like. Mom's computer and not have to load in. Exactly. Life. Anyway, the other thing yep, is, I exactly. heard this was going to be uh, like up to 50 cents per minute connection or something, up to five cents or something. So that's why I don't know if it's for everybody. It may literally be just new players using this, uh, but I'm not sure. Or it's going to yeah, become a giant expensive thing for is, CCP.
1: This is something that they have to do the calculations on and potentially do deals with the supplier of the service and all that. Um, but as an initial thing, it, I think it's going to be fairly easy because it's not going to be something that people are using in massive amounts of hours. Right now it's also limited how many minutes. Uh, you, you get a set amount of minutes uh, initially right. to, to, to do this, right? So that math just needs to be crunched out and then it will just uh, develop over time. And it does look like they have the ability to just flick a switch and then it's available for everyone and not just new players.
0: What's really funny about this, Ash, sorry uh, to take up your time, it's that we were expecting in quarter one an announcement about EVE Online on Mac and Linux, uh, or mostly Mac, and I don't think that message has come yet, and then we saw this, so it's kind of a surprise. They are working on a dedicated Mac client, and they have not walked that back, so that will be in addition to this browser version.
2: Yeah, and they did tease the idea that they might put eve in the browser but it was one of those things that when ccp says it you're like ha 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 you know like oh yeah of course we're gonna throw it in the browser it'll be like skyrim we'll have it running on a refrigerator it'll be great but uh you know like sometimes those things come to pass so here we are um and and this really is a no-brainer i mean browser run engines have become better and better anyways so um You know, as as they're trying to capture... One of the things I was thinking about when it came to this was, like, that college demographic is actually really, really important to them because that college-age demographic are the people that have the most motivation and the most time to make things happen. Like, we all did our crazy stuff that we talk about back when we were in college, and now we're all too old to do it, right? Like, we have kids and stuff now. So... If they want more people that are going to be those workhorses that make things happen, they really need to make it so that it's as effortless as possible to be to enter into that college environment. And then also, you know, there's that over-the-shoulder over uh, value, right? Anytime that somebody is doing it in a public space, there's a, there's a chance that somebody else will see that and be like, wow, that looks really cool. What are you doing? And um, then that person will begin the process of being recruited. A couple
0: more things one is this is the trend of video games anyway just like movies and music went to the internet where you're more dependent on a connection than a powerful machine uh it looks like video games are going this way we've seen stadia from google come up we saw uh, Nvidia make g g force now and you've seen sony make right. ps ps now or ps yeah ps4 now whatever it's called and um we're not at the library phase yet where people will offer you, like, EVE, rent EVE. Uh, well, I guess it's subscription, right? Yeah, I guess it works that way. But, you know, they don't but bundle. It, the, that kind of concept is huge
2: in Korea, though. Like the idea of, like, the internet bundling cafe. Games. Yeah. And Apple's this is just that it. EVE is available at an internet cafe. Yeah. Bundling. Now an internet cafe doesn't need to, what, sorry. I go. see.
0: No, no, no. That's interesting. I didn't know that. But Apple's bundling, right? Apple gives you arcade. That's their thing. And what they do is they... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you subscribe to their service and you get a certain menu of games that you could play. All free, no commercials, and it's just a clean experience, and that's what they're bundling for. Whereas uh, PS, PS Now does the same thing. It gives you a catalog of back games that have been, you know, uh, in PS2, 3, and 4. And so those two are libraries, but uh, GeForce right now isn't, is, and there's another one called Shadow PC, I think. Those you have to buy the game, and same with Stadia. You have to buy your own content, but you could play it using their service for a fee, a small fee, five bucks a month kind of thing.
1: You should also maybe right. remember that there's at least two EVE titles or New Eden titles that could eventually end up being ported to the same service as this. I would not be surprised if within the year you Don't might say see it. something like Valkyrie on this platform. <laughs> not i don't think dust because dust does need to be polished or it'll need to be dusted dusted. off yeah (laughs) dusted off and they do have that new mmo that's coming out so i don't think you're going to see titles like that but you could revamp the original valkyrie and gonjack on this platform as well that would be like mind-blowing
2: obligatory reminder to everyone valkyrie is no longer requires 3d headset you can just play it 2d now so Most people. people don't know. I have that.
1: it. I have it on my PlayStation Four. Just saying.
2: Valkyrie, nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, it plays on uh, on PlayStation. You can actually get it, and I think it's yeah, it's free.
2: Um. Oh, Dirk McGurk's in the also,
0: audience
2: uh, Yeah, somebody commented. Uh, contrary to college students are also broke and would use alphas, but that's the point. We're talking about people that make things happen, not people that spend lots of money. The thing is, is that those of us who've been playing for a long time that have disposable income because we have jobs or whatever. Wait, what am I talking about? Other people, <laughs> not me, but other people. Uh, they're the ones spending the money. And then it's the, it's the college students that are the ones doing all the scanning and hauling all the stuff and building all the ships and, you know, flying all the fleets, etc.
0: Yeah. It's funny that anytime a new, uh, here's the thing too, and Ron's in the audience or or maybe he left already, but Ron was really instrumental in uh, TIS when we were debuting and MacLeod as well. We were debuting the 64-bit client and testing it. We were looking at how you could film a, a, you know, a giant brawl in the game and, and sweep inside all the ships and see all that stuff. And we also, there was a 64-bit client and there was also the server technology they were working on so that the fights didn't collapse uh, into mayhem because too many people showed up. And there's just a ton of technological breakthroughs that are being leveraged into EVE Online. This is one of those profound breakthroughs. I think the 64-bit client was the last time I saw something this, I don't know, game-changing.
1: Is this well, again, we it also represents... Ash, represent- oh, is, this, Ash mm-hmm. is this where you're going to go around all campuses and put up posters for your group?
2: I've already tempted. All right. So uh, but like to me, I see this as a long uh, part of a long line of victories, small and large, that CCB has gotten over the last couple of years by putting in the work to finally decoupling like the most core assumptions of the Eve client. Right. You don't get things like fundamental market changes and uh, log out to. Uh, you know, character select screen and new clients and running in the browser without doing a lot of really hard work pulling apart that spaghetti code that nobody wants to deal with that kind of uh, works together with what makes Eve fundamentally work. So we're seeing some dividends from years of effort, potentially, um, and it's really exciting to see. Yeah, or other people's technology.
0: Rundle? Rundle? Go ahead. Can yeah, I just,
3: so, right? And I, I played around with it last night, quite, uh, quite impressed. I, I did notice a few um, you know, immediate shortcomings, which, of course, a, a new player would have to compensate for, and you probably couldn't use it in um, you know time-sensitive fleet battles and stuff. Specifically, what I noticed was uh, the transmission of key commands um, from my browser to the you know, to the server and back. So I noticed a small delay there. Maybe they're going to be able to tune that. Um, did you notice anything else while you were playing around with it, uh, either of you, on any platform? That's really been so far the only thing I really noticed. But what about you guys?
2: Uh, one thing I noticed a little bit earlier was because I just had it in the background for so long, um, it it actually eventually did a very interesting sound stutter thing because it caught lost like I lost a few seconds in the Chrome browser, but then it tried to catch up so like for the last next like 30 seconds the background music was playing at like 10 percent faster than you than before it's really weird but uh other than that i haven't had any like i haven't put it to the test or anything i've just flown like a, like jump system to system right
3: yeah. well yeah, i went and did a little bit of battle i fought to you know a few rats here and there uh, i jumped a few gates moved around um, tried to warp and uh, you, just something simple, hitting escape to try to pull up a menu. Um, that was where I really saw the um, the first indication of it. And then, so I thought, all right, I'm going to put this through its paces a few more times. And so there were some keystrokes where it was just, there was a delay. I think I missed a couple keystrokes, had to try them a couple times. So, you know, spamming the buttons was, you know, that, that's probably a good EVE skill to have anyways, <laughs> as long as you're not turning on and off modules, right? Spamming your F1 um, can do rather harm. Uh, if you're, say it's your cloak or something, um, I actually lost a ship the other night because I hit, I fat fingered my cloak button twice, turned it on and instantly turned it off and died. It was a dumbass move, cost me 300 million. But, you know, in an EVE client uh, in, in a browser, I might not know if I hit it. So, I, you know, instances like this could happen more. I hope they tune it or maybe, um, you know, have some way to overcome that. But,
2: well, so the problem is, is that there's going to be some of that that might not ever be able to be fixed because it's not in CCP's hands. So two things that I just noticed because you were saying it. One, as people can see, I actually haven't hidden my UI today, and that's because the Control-F9 hide UI didn't seem to work. And two, now that you've mentioned it, I've I've been away from here, I've been come back and all that sort of stuff, I can hit escape over and over and over again, and it will not uh, open up a menu. If I, hold, if I hit escape and hold, then it exits out of full screen and then I can come back into full screen. And now if I hit escape it'll open it up. But yeah, so it's so the problem is is that you are still running in a browser and so the browser's also cap potentially capturing those events or how those events get passed over to whatever is going to be processing in the Eve client. Like some of these things might be able to be fixed, but some of them it may not ever be 100% as responsive because it isn't a native client.
3: Right. Like alt p am I hitting alt p to print or am I hitting alt p to bring up an EVE command, right? Or right. Like
2: Explicitly, like, uh, so the escape key, obviously, is how you would escape, leave a full-screened window in the first place, and, yeah. like, how I do it is with F11, because escape is captured by the EVE client, but even then, when I come back to the EVE client, it has the uh, the map window over to the side, so it captured the F11 action for both the EVE client and the browser window. Yeah. Uh, I, fi- I, figured
3: with, I figured with the escape, there was something else going on, just because of the repeated nature, but Um, I was missing some F1, F2 keystrokes and uh, some mouse buttons, the right-click and change camera aspect, and just a few things. And then it would catch up, and then I'd be fine, and then there would be a few delays. So that's what I noticed. But, you know, look, it's beta, right? I was super excited. This a minor, minor complaint. Uh, I, I think this is fantastic. Yeah, also, not to
2: get too deep into the, we- oh, sorry, go on.
0: Yeah, one last thing, I uh, just to just to give some perspective here. Actually, Rundle and I were talking about this sort of thing back in the day, like what it was like to play EVE Online. And it was, I think it might have been a Thanksgiving where I was uh, with family hundreds of miles away. So I called my nephew and said, can you install um, EVE Online for me? Log in as me so that I could change skills because I forgot to do that sort of thing. And it took about an hour or whatever to to do all that stuff. And we got it done, but you know, back then changing your skills was super important when you didn't have that many skill points. So all that, all that effort uh, to be able to just use a browser and stuff, I think it gives you that instant access that you might need, but you're really going to stay at home and play on an actual browser most of the time. I would think this is for new people and for like a little PI here and there. I don't know if people would play this all the time in their browser.
2: I don't know. Maybe. No, I think, again, this, I think this is for lesser interactions. I think this is for smaller things. This is not going to have the RAM or the CPU that the full EVE client would have. I would not do high-end things with this. I wouldn't FC this. I don't think dead. that that would be what it would be for. Oh, certainly not. No, no, no. And, and also, cool. I can't imagine it's going to be great for, like, multi-boxing or anything like that. Oh, my God. That's... Uh...
0: Well, uh, there's one other thing, though. This is going to provide great excuses for people that uh, screw up, right? It's like, oh, my browser didn't refresh Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's, it, it's beta, so use it at your own risk. I wouldn't recommend doing anything on this that, like, your connection is really, really important. Like, I wouldn't run the abyss necessarily unless it's in a ship that you don't mind losing or it's on Sissy. Wait, I don't think you can do Sissy with this. But either way, the um, point is is that, like, it's it's a fun thing, and I think it might be a useful tool, but I, I would not recommend people consider this to be your main uh, go-to Eve client. This is for when you don't have time to run the main client. Yeah,
0: my last thing on this is I love it because it may give uh, people who can't afford, uh, you know, an expensive machine or expensive video card access to a beautiful game that they can, uh, start to participate in. And to me, that's like a wonderful development. And that goes for not just the United States or even Europe, but just other countries where the technology isn't quite the same or is available as it is here, you know?
2: And on the access front, uh, when you're talking about new players, imagine how many people and like, don't get into the game as part of the installation process. This has no installation. Yep. So it would just bring the person directly into the experience. And then when they want to go deeper, then they can download the client. Yeah, frictionless. All right, Ash, anything else on this? Uh, Not on that, but there is a lot of other things to cover. So we'll just talk about some of the other stuff. Today we had some basic patch notes, um, which only one of the the patch notes stood out to a lot of people which is uh i don't know how they did it i don't know who did it but they did it they killed the red dot after over a year of of the player base losing their goddamn mind over a red dot (laughs) there is now a toggle in the general settings to turn off the red dot Congratulations. You can go back to not knowing when there's new items in your inventory or (laughs) when you've swapped into a clone with implants. Good job. (laughs) No. Um, So so this this
3: this is where all those people, this is your time to shine. If you have been waiting in the background, waiting for the day when the red dot dies so that you can rise up and scream at the top of your lungs, where is my red dot? I miss my red dot. Now is your time. Oh, it's a, time to it's shine. It's a toggle.
2: It's a toggle. <laughs> I think we should take up all of the red dots and put them together and perform some voodoo rituals and turn them into the in-game bl- browser. Although what? now I really want the in-game browser so that way I can open up a browser and then open up Eve in it and then open up a browser in Eve and then try to run even that. Oh, what's that called? All right, I'm done. Yeah. What's, what's that called? That movie?
0: Yeah. Inception. Inception. Yeah. Eve. Inception. Yeah. 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 Well, the uh, so yeah no. But taking the dot more mm-hmm. seriously, what were they trying to do, and how did they fail, and what went wrong?
2: Uh yeah. So well, the the red dot is is simply an indication in your inventory that there's something new there, and what ends up happening is is that there are players that either get confused, like for instance, um, this happens all the time. You start a mission, and the mission gives you an essential item, and you don't realize that that essential item isn't in your cargo, or it's in your item hangers more specifically, so you undock. Or you receive an item from doing a mission, and you don't understand where it went. Or during the tutorial, they give you an item to fit to your ship, and you don't know where it is. So the Red Dot is designed to be a breadcrumb that helps you understand not only that something has changed in your inventory, but specifically what has changed. Uh, The problem is, is that its rollout was really bad. Like, it would come off, it would fire off all the time. It wouldn't clear correctly. People hate change broadly. Um, And the problem was, is that the discussion became about the red dot and whether or not it should be on or off, and not about the value of the red dot. And so while changes were made to make it so that it didn't show up at the wrong times, because all of the focus was on the red dot showing up when it wasn't supposed to. Um, Now we end up with a feature that actually ends up not doing what it's supposed to do. Very frequently, I'll actually want to use it as a breadcrumb, but because it disappears so quickly now, it's oftentimes where it's like, well, now, never mind, it's just one of the items in my pile again. And so it's like, if it only worked for what it was supposed to do, then it wouldn't feel so bad when it didn't work out well. But since we focused on the fact that it didn't work out well, we instead end up with a toggle that lets you turn it off instead.
0: Uh, CSM member Brisk Rubal says, even if it were fixed, veterans still didn't want it. I, I, I actually yeah, li- I group I, 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 change is bad in there. I actually liked it. I may be in the minority here. I'm probably, it depends on the vocal majority or whatever, but I actually liked it. Because it reminded me I got something new and I could go and look at it and say, okay, noted. My, you know, Check it off as red in your inbox kind of thing.
3: Well, now you can be defiant and you can go to that little button and you can click it and be like, no, I want the red dot.
0: The default is it doesn't appear? or The default should be... The default, no, be, yeah, the the default, default is it it does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it should. You yeah. can turn it off. Now. Advanced users should be able to turn it off and opt out, yeah. but new you people... You can make
3: sure it remains on. Yeah, I always had it where... Yeah, for sometimes when you would reload in you know, a fleet battle, all of a sudden you'd reload and the contents of your cargo which would change, and all of a sudden the red dot would appear, right? Because the contents of your cargo hold changed. That's what I... My that's the only thing is, I could resolve.
2: My favorite is... so. Uh, no, this actually might be what it is. You're in a ship, and suddenly it says that your ship has a bunch of new items in it. Do you know what you just did? You just swapped to a new clone. Because it detects that within the way that Eve manages things, everything's just a container. So the yeah. implants that you have is, a, is a, in a container in your head. And there's a bug that makes it so that what implants you have is listed as an item. For, so you'll have a red dot there, a ghost, a ghost red dot on your ship. And it'll say yeah. that you have so many items. That's your implants.
3: Sometimes that would happen, but no, I'm talking literally out in a fleet battle and you're fighting and You know, you've jumped through a gate and you're fighting. And then like right in the middle of just, you're in space. Nothing's changed. I haven't received anything back at station. I haven't sold anything. No one has delivered anything to me. I'm fighting and all of a sudden. Hey, look at that. You got new items in your cargo. And the only thing I could ever align it to was I reloaded my weapons twice in a row really quickly or something. And it just screwed up the number counting. And so all of a sudden, yep. Hey, look, we think you have new items in your cargo of your ship. I mean, there was nothing changing other than that,
2: right? Right? right. Yeah. You know, yeah. And you're correct. And actually, the ammo thing was one of the things that caused it to happen. But I'm saying, like, what I described, from my understanding, is still happening now. <laughs> yeah. So you know, whatever.
3: Anyways, a lot of people are happy. Few people are. I'm going to keep it.
2: And I mean, the day has Reddit come. won. Congratulations. Okay. <laughs> so next, shivers. Uh, what else we got? So let's let's go from the thing that makes everybody happy to the thing that makes everybody mad. Mindstorm Experience Packs, we, which is basically the branded version of the um, uh, expert systems that we've been looking at for the last couple of days or weeks. So uh, the basic expert system packs would be the mining barges and then each of the four empires uh, exploration frigate. And the Mindstorm Experience Packs are these actually pretty affordable... Uh, packs that come with the skill or the expert system to be able to fly the ships plus at least with the exploration one it comes with a ship with the fit and uh all of the packs come with a small amount of plex with it too just to kind of let you sell the plex for some extra like whatever changes to the fit that you might want to do or whatever so it's a little uh, uh pack with the expert system the ship and a little bit of plex to buy something nice for it Uh, for, like, somewhere between 3 to $5, I think. Um, Buy something nice for And Yeah, I think this is a really good one because it allows a newer player to be like, okay, well, if I really want to see what it's all about, this gives them a small sample of what it's all about. Um, And hopefully they'll then, like, use that to commit to a a deeper... I don't know. Step into the into the pool. Uh,
0: I think there's more to come on this. I think they've already shown you, like now, when they include a ship with the skills, they're starting to put a package together. And I think the next thing you might see is, I don't know, Rundle, what what, what goes with that? Maybe a. Well, I mean, well, I
3: mean, it's it's, impl- well, I mean, it's, it's an all in one. You you don't you get not just the skills, you get you know you get the complete element to uh, truly go and try it without having to ask anyone else for help or to spend some time to plan it out. It's the zero planning pack. right? Hey, I just want to do it. Well, it's Saturday morning. Boom. I get it and I go try it all weekend.
0: I think it's not, uh, it's not a, a coincidence that the very first pack they give is more or less an exploration pack because they have exploration tutorials in the agency. So now right. you can actually utilize the, the thing that you have for a limited time. And I think you'll see more of that as tutorials are created for roles, like this is how you tackle That may be when they release, you know, uh a deal on, you know, tackling or electronic warfare or whatever.
2: That's possible, but it is true also that exploration is like basically the best place for a new player that is ambitious. We just moonwalked on the screen there, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, I I had I tried to move things around so that way I could show off the extra systems details. Uh, no, No, no. Um like e- exploration is that place where if you really want to put more effort into it, you want to put more work into it, you want to, as a new player, you want to get the most out of your new player capabilities. Exploration is pretty much it. Like it, exploration, faction warfare, PvE, PvP, because everything else, you got to either grind for it, you got to get up to battleships, you got to get the good equipment, you got to da 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 Like exploration, you can literally, within the first 10 minutes, you can hop in your exploration forget go two jumps, find a bunch of drones on a, on a, on a uh, jump bridge or on a jump gate, a stargate, and then have like seven times your ship, which happened to me. Or you can do what happened to my uh, now ex-wife where she made it like three jumps and then she found a ghost site, made 36 million in, in like one hack and then left and was like, woo Like, yeet I mean, fun. it's... Yeah, and like <laughs> the ability for people to then take those ships, like get that expert system, grab a yeet filament, a uh, 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 Noise 5 filament and activate it, and then try to get home. Like, Yeet Exploration's an amazing way to give new players uh, an adventure, because, you know, just giving them the ship and then being like, okay, now go out and find stuff. Well, they don't know what the hell they're look looking for, but if you tell them, like, okay, take this thing, now go to this sun, now activate the thing. Okay, now you're in sec. So, let's talk about how to get home, right? Like that, Like, that idea of, like, I'm in the dangerous area with all the money, I need to raid it and get home safely is something that people understand pretty well. And since they're already there, they can't think their way out of it. Like, they can't like, think, stop, stop themselves from doing it. And so, honestly, a lot of them end up learning that NullSec is not as scary as they thought it was.
1: There is one small mistake on this that I will like to mention, and I did mention it on today's show. I don't think CCP should give us things that players can actually build and generate. And again, I would rather that they give us skill points than ships that are finished and assembled. This is a bad I, thing, and the CCP needs to stop giving things that is part of the in-game industry because it destroys the activity in the game. It is better that they give us things like skill points or even seller skill points because the only people that suffer are the zombie farmers.
2: I have a counterpoint to that. Which is that? So, so the mining barge isn't given away. The only one, the only ship that is given away is the Tech One exploration frigate, which is the same thing that is given away if you just do the new player experience. It's given away by GMs for free, uh, or they're authorized to give them away um, as part of their new player like engagement. Either that, you know, an exploration frigate or a venture, Uh, and giving away T One exploration frigates has been. Something that, as CCP has done on many, many occasions in different ways. So it and is true always, that they're normally built,
1: but. I've always disagreed with it. And for one reason, when everyone asks, what can new players do in industry? Well, if the new player industry stuff is given away, there is no new player industry to do because they get it for free.
2: Well, they wouldn't, it wouldn't be profitable for, like, if as As anybody knows, like the the reason why new player industry isn't profitable isn't because they don't have the thing to build. It's because whatever they build, they're building it less efficiently than the more experienced players, and therefore they cannot be competi- you know competitive in the market with them. So it doesn't actually matter because even if CCB never gave away a free magnate, there'd still be a glut of magnates because one experienced player can fat finger a zero and suddenly produce ten thousand of them and and supply them for the next, you know, Till the end of time.
0: Yeah. I also feel like uh, Caleb would probably be happier if uh, when your ship was destroyed it said, don't worry about it, you can buy another one off Caleb. He's located over here. This is where his shop is.
1: Where do I get I that? Want, I want, I want Aura to can laugh I at you again.
0: Now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you can relate items you have to play with to people who are building them, uh, and if you can make that relationship a little bit more understandable, I think it'd be great.
2: Yeah, I feel like this This reminds me of the argument or the conversation, the discussion that's been going on on the Echo side of things when it comes to insurance and uh, the production of, like, free ships. Um, and they, like, have gone the opposite direction, which is kind of weird, and it'll be interesting to see where that goes. But, um, like, where I've landed on it is it makes absolute sense that the Empires would be able to provide T1 ships pretty well and t1 frigates probably is one of those things that like it's not every magnate that flies around in space is built by a player at that point like there are non-player entities that build magnates too so like especially when it comes to t1 frigates um i'm more i'm more willing like yeah give those away that's fine but that's why i was paying attention to the mining barge because that's it's it's not just a slippery slope like there is certain things that should be able to be cordoned off and be allowed for them to be able to provide. T one frigates, especially the non combat focused ones, probably in that realm. And then there should be a hard line and past that they, they don't go, right? You don't you don't give away ravens, you don't give away you know, There's that's problem. why they have things like the yeah. the SSET ships. That's the ships that they're allowed to give away. That's why There's... they produce those.
3: There's probably some creative ways they could work on this. I I think, you know, this is all right at the front end of this, you know, you guys. So, you know, the feedback will probably be heard. They'll monitor it. But, I mean, they could do a T1 frigate manufacturing pack, right? And only new players can get it. You have to get it within the first, you know, 60 days of a new character or something. And you can only sell them in certain stations on a special market. And, you know, maybe you get a token for it or whatever. And the, the new player... getting this expert pack gets the token and you exchange for the token and then you hand it in. like there's, there's some mechanics they could introduce to really answer Caleb's um, concerns to get some education in industry education, get the is flowing to the right players or have no risk at all exchanging hands. And then once the one ship dies, you know, they're in the market and they're like, I love that. And then they got to go to the real markets and buy it because the, 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 the token doesn't work. Or they spend another $3, which CCP would like, or $4, and they do it again. And the newbie benefits. I, they could probably think through this a little bit. And what I'm seeing is that they have built the mechanisms now. They're starting to build the mechanisms to enable these highly integrated, cross-functional, new player experience, um, and or even just you know kind of moderately new player experience, and really integrate them into the game so that it doesn't break... The, the regular, you know, um, marketplace and the player, you know, the players isk flow, but they could address these sorts of things and keep people around. This is all about keeping people around longer and they could really get creative. They have the mechanics for it now and you can do it in a browser. So I could just do it from, from work now, right? As a new player. So all these things tie together, I think.
0: Yeah. One last thing about this, if you don't mind, Ash, sorry to interrupt you, is the, the idea that... First of all, let's talk gold ammo, right? It's attributed to me saying I'm, not, I'm okay with gold ammo. It's all right. We're going to talk about women and Eve next. Uh, Ash, you can stick around for that one. <laughs> the gold, gold ammo good. thing was I was saying like if CCP wants to figure out avenues to make money, I'm always willing to listen to what they do because essentially... Uh, Pay to win and all that stuff was something that was going on in 2010, 2011. It was a bigger deal then than it is now. But look around you. You were paying, you were doing the whole thing that they were trying to propose. It's just being laundered better through all these weird uh, things. We, We are so far beyond pay to win basic descriptions. So that whole gold ammo thing, all I was saying was, if you're part of people who say gold ammo must hate, must scream. You are being unsophisticated about where we are with, e- with games, and especially with EVE Online.
2: So, to just to rein this in a little bit, to remind the original definition of what gold ammo would be is a tool or an advantage in-game that can only be obtained via premium currency and has no secondary market. So... For actually, a really good example of this would be these expert systems because there is no secondary market. When you buy an expert system, it doesn't go into your inventory. You can't buy an expert system with ISK. Therefore, if, for instance, if you could get an expert system that gave you gunnery six for some or somehow, for a period of time that would be the equivalent of gold ammo because the only way to get that access to that 5% additional power would be by having that expert system and the only way to get that expert system is by paying real life money that would be the quintessential definition of gold ammo now it's obviously been muddied from that pretty far um and the idea of i can put in isk or i can put in real life money and gain an in game advantage yeah that's been around since as long as has existed so it's a, it's a very complex issue that has a lot, a lot of emotional, way more emotional uh, arguments to it than rational ones. Um, but that's why it's really important to make these firm, firm lines and why I say that this isn't a slippery slope, but it's something to be very careful to pay attention to. It's not a slippery slope because they've been giving away magnets since before I've played the game. There's never been a time that I've played the game that there wasn't magnets made for free through, through the new play, uh, player experience. And therefore this doesn't represent a new change. I again, you cannot just
1: and you know what you guys
2: have a valid argument I understand that and and to that I say that if you want to say that it's wrong from the very beginning, then that's fine But the argument that it is a slippery slope the reason why I feel like they can feel safe with putting it on the safe side is because it's actually the, very consistent with their processes to allow tech, especially tech one, especially non-combat, i.e. exploration and, and mining frigates to be given away by CCP. Yeah,
1: and, and the point I, I was making is that, that hurting the SP farmers, fine. Hurting ISK farmers or ISK botters, fine. Hurting industrialists and miners, bad. Very, very simple I, logic. I agree.
2: That- I just don't feel like this is actually hurting the industrialists. All right. I threw
1: but I it like has that. Since the beginning because there's just so many all of these right. ships coming in and they're not being lost. So they are always available. This is why pretty much all of the hulls that are on the giveaways are not being you can't produce them at any profit. You can't even break even. You have to give them away. Which means that it ties into the whole tech two production. And then you have well, Dirk called it slippery slope. It's just bad and it's always been bad.
0: All right. We'll pick that up another day. We have uh, more to get through. We're going to lose Rundle in a second. He's going to Trash Talk Tuesday. You can visit him after we're done here. We'll raid them. Um, but Ash, you probably had other topics you wanted to get to before we wrap up.
2: Yeah. I will be very quick with the last thing and we can dig into it more deeply at another time if you want to. But When you were looking,
0: I like mm-hmm. that, that intellectual judo you pulled with Caleb there where you just basically agreed with him and there was silence. And I thought, wow, that's a master, Master Judah. <laughs> Take the weight, <laughs> shift it, let him fall past you. <laughs> yes. All
2: right. Uh, th- so um, earlier I was complaining about the fact that the new news site doesn't have the world, not earlier today, but earlier this week, the new uh, news site doesn't have world news in it. And right at the same time that all this stuff was happening, they managed to slip in a world news article right after I was paying attention. So several days went by without me noticing but there is a new Gal- uh, Galactic Hour news roundup. I won't read it tonight because we don't have enough time. But I will summarize really quick. The first article is about PKN, uh, which is the people who make who are re- revitalizing the GEDA, um trade hub. They are also responsible for these new expert systems. And specifically, they're tying it to LiDi and their subcranial nanocontrollers, which is associated with the Quaif... Uh, there's a new item in game uh, for, that was also introduced for Quaif that activates the nanocontrollers which relates to lore events that happened a year ago in which it's uh, Quaif was accused of using said nanocontrollers to mind control people and sway the uh, the galactic or the, the Galente federal elections. So there's this really weird association with PKN, who's uh, major corporations within the Caldari state, associated with Gita44 uh, working with these uh, nanocontrollers. Plus, there's other accusations of it being um, potentially dangerous AI, although they claim it's within compliance with Com- Concord's Department of Enforcement Restrictions on Artificial Intelligence and Life, which is called Derail, which I don't know if we have ever heard of before, but it's fantastic. But either way, um, what's interesting about that is this is now the third time that we've heard about dangerous AI, and it's a huge red flag to me. The other two times was Edencom's... Um, Uh, weapon system uses potentially dangerous AI in its predictive methods, and um, uh, shoot, there's another dangerous AI thing that now I can't remember. But either way, the reason why this is all important is because this is associated with drifters, as drifters are thought to be a rogue artificial intelligence has escaped out of the construct. Um, And so there has been weird accusations between connections between PKN and drifters, and LiDi's mind control devices and the Drifters and the SOE, Sisters of Eve, and the development of Alpha Clones and Drifter technology. And so one of the things I find really interesting about this is that it seems like CCP puts these landmines into features um, that are often features that you would think that they'd want to be successful. Things like HyperNet, Expert Systems skill injectors, and they leave these like warnings like, whoo, what if it's actually rogue drones that are going to take you over? Oh, that's what it was. Mimesis implants, the Concord implants that you can get from DED sites, uh, DDLP, that makes Triglavian guns shoot better. Uh, that is also um, out of, like, potentially dangerous AI. So Concord, Edencom, PKN, all these guys are, are experimenting with very dangerous AI at the same time that this game is kind of coming to this the story is coming to this apex, the precursor crisis is coming to an apex, where one of the forces literally represents what happens when AI gets out of control. So we're seeing a, a lot of clues that may be the next shoe to drop, but it's also one of those things, like, CCP also made it so that excavator drones are actually rogue drones. So if they ever wanted that to go wrong, they could just be like, and now all your excavator drones go crazy. Like, I feel like maybe they're giving themselves out on features that they might want to dissolve in the future or something. I don't know, but uh, that's the first. That's the first news story. <laughs> I was I was going to try
0: to break some of that down for newer players, and I was just like, forget it. We'll be nope.
2: here. Now. There's a
3: lot nope. of lore there. <laughs> I'll nope. see you on the. I'll see you on the back end of the raid. It's been fun. I'll see you in the trash.
0: Talk Thanks, Randall. Okay,
3: and I look forward to hearing some more about the the lore and the the the, 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 the evil mind AI. Yeah. All right, everyone. Have a good night. I...
0: The Evil Quave Factory.
2: Uh go ahead, uh, Ash. See you Rundle. I I need to figure out how yeah, I need to figure out how to lay all that stuff out. That's one of the ones I need to work on. But uh anyway, um the next two articles are just about the monuments that were made. So there's you know the new Amar monuments for Katis and Dorium or not Katis, but uh Jamil and Dorium II. And then also the player monuments with the Alliance Tournament and Kribbas monuments. So it's just the news article about those. And then There's this really interesting news article. Empress Katis begins unannounced tour of Amatar mandate. So there's been some controversy within the Amar uh, Empire in recent months. But now Empress Katis, the first uh, ruler of Amar, has now made an unannounced tour of the Amatar mandate. So the entire Empress's honor guard, which has been in Amar for over three years, has now been physically moved to. Amatar space. Tanu. Tanu. The system of Tanu. So they're now right above Tanu 2, um, and they are in there in-game. So I don't know if this is going to play into something later, but uh, like this, is, this is a, it both represents a change in-game, and it's in the news.
0: Might be worth uh, Amatar, by the way... Taking a tour. Hmm?
2: Yeah, it might be worth checking it out or keeping an eye on it, at the very least. Uh, the Am- Amatar are very interesting because the Amatar are basically the Matar people so that you know mimitar mimitar were enslaved by the amar uh a lot of them broke free but a lot of the mimitar when they were enslaved actually worked with their masters and they worked with their masters closely enough that they became afraid that uh that they would no longer be accepted by other matari and so they were adopted fully into the amar empire and that is the amatar mandate and there's been a lot of questions about whether or not they, how, how much they can, how much rights that they can have, who's in control of that area of space or who's responsible for it within the empire, um, whether or not an Amatar person can hold nobility ranks, etc., etc. et cetera. So all of this has kind of played out in the story for, over the last couple of months. And now you have Caddis moving her entire honor guard from Amar to Tanu without any warning. Wild. Uh, in addition to that, we have the Angel Cartel, Turf Wars, with cruel organization, heat up again in the Inner System. More stuff involving weird lore stuff with player stuff and other stuff. I'm talking. I'm. I'm in the talks with Elizabeth from Electus Matari, one of the major Memetar factions, to try to understand what's going on. Um, I'll either have an interview or breakdown for you guys soon. Uh, Republic Military Command in Floswin 4, Under Pressure, is how Sorum uh, builds bases in occupied Metropolis. Floswin is the faction warfare system that's been fought over fought by the Mimitar and the MR and been highlighted in the uh, lore for at least a year and a half now. Um, we have a uh, coastal uh, clan elder found murdered in ritual sweat lodge. Black da- dagger reportedly used in gruesome slanting. Uh, a little bit ago, a Conid lord threatened the black daggers of something or other will rain down upon them, and now you have assassinations using the black daggers. So, ooh. ooh. Um... Over twelve months since YC one hundred and twenty uh, two federation election attacks, uh, clamor for answers grows as the anniversary of investigations commission approaches so the um, the day of the elections, there was a simultaneous attacks that killed two of the delegates, one of them was a clone or was able to be cloned, um, but ended up disrupting the elections. They eventually finished the elections and um, the lady whose name is eluding me at the moment uh, won and but there has never been a follow-up about those attacks and why they happened and who they were for and whether or not there was more involved with that. Um, Anibra assassins strike on Attacky Prime as drug gang jostle for lucrative spaceport and station territories. Cool. Galnet associations deny petitions to remove Divinity social adverts from broadcasting channels. This I love. So the Divinity social ad is the in-game ad that shows like the, the guy looks, I think it's a guy, I think it goes guy, girl, Triglavian. But it's like, <laughs> some that guy looks over, and the girl, and she's like looking over. And it's like clearly a dating ad, and then looks over, and there's a Triglavian as the third person. And like, everybody's like, oh my god. So and in that fact, can somebody put on, hmm? Does that make it like a
0: nine-some? Ha! Huh. Just...
2: Wow. All yeah. right, well, that was good. All right. So can we go one um, show I,
0: without references that are blue. Like, can we go one show?
2: Oh. So uh, they posted, uh, somebody posted on the in game forums, sorry, in character forums, a petition to have Divinity Social's ad removed as it was indecent within certain regions, which actually brought up a really interesting question about them having certain ads only appear in certain areas of space based on like, regional requirements but uh ultimately it made it into the news as uh no <laughs> no we're not going to do that uh caldari navy denied triglavian threat led to tharnos five mining colony quarantines for severe disease outbreaks more uh dis- unrest in the caldari state sarum police guards and mio inquisition raids heretical cult cells across Anaki systems industrial colonies i don't know whether or not that has a deeper follow-up at the moment so, yeah, lots of little movements in the lore. Ctus um, being moved, was a pretty significant event. As I said, as I've said multiple times in the last couple of weeks, I really feel like we are we may not be waiting for fanfest, but we are waiting for a fanfest style announcement where right now we're in that refractory period where we're waiting for the big thing to happen.
0: That's it.: I don't know why. there it is. I'm not going to do the mute thing today. Uh, my mute was stuck there. Thanks very much, Ash. Appreciate you going through that stuff.
2: Um And uh Zoria's pronouns is them, they just so that you know. <laughs> Jeez, we I mean. know because they refer to themselves as we. Come on,
0: it's not that hard. Well now we're talking about eighteen instead of nine. So it's like it just gets crazier and crazier. Thanks, Ash, for all that lore stuff and the context. Uh, I wish we could break it down for newer players, but we'll have to do special episodes for that. It's just it's just too dense. But thank you all very much. Uh, thanks Ash for running us through stuff and Caleb. Thanks for being here and doing the European show earlier today Check out that one that's on talking in stations Go to youtube.com slash talking stations and you can see the European shows there as well All right, thanks you guys for showing up and thanks Ron for that huge raid We're gonna move you all over to talk to- uh, trash talk Tuesday so you can see uh, Nelsack news and banter for the rest of the night good night and we will see you tomorrow for a special quarantine in stations which we move from today to tomorrow uh with uh, our doctor friend and uh, we're going to talk about real life stuff and quarantine in stations a year later thanks we'll see you next time